0: Coming to you from Strings and Things Studio in Ventura, California, I'm Katie. I'm Ann. I'm Karen. And this is the Strings Unraveled Book Club. Um, Welcome to November. Uh, This month we read We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Um, which was my pick for the month. I apologize if I have to clear my throat because I uh, slept with the heater on and you know how it makes you all like gunky. Yep. So that's how I feel today. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have a plot summary I will read um, real quick here. It's not too long, but it gives you a good synopsis of the story um 18 year old mary catherine or mary cat blackwood lives with her older sister constance their ailing uncle julian and their faithful cat jonas in their family's large estate she begins her narrative by describing her weekly trip to the village for supplies as always the townspeople bully and gawk at her some chant childish rhymes about her and her sister as always she wishes and imagines them dead constance never leaves the house when mrs clark and mrs Wright from town visit uncle julian reveals details of the horrible murders That took place in the house six years earlier. Someone put arsenic in the sugar bowl. Julian's wife, as well as the girls, parents, and brother died. Julian ate some of the poisoned sugar and has been an invalid ever since. Julian frequently mentions he's working on a book about the murders. He keeps track of every detail he can remember from that day, yet he often asks Constance if the whole thing even ever happened. Readers learn Constance was tried for the murders and acquitted. During the trial, Mary Cat lived at the local orphanage. Mrs. Clark and Mrs. Wright urge Constance to leave the house now and then. When the women leave, the Blackwoods laugh, as they often do about the more morbidly curious townsfolk. (laughs) Mary Cat begins to see a change in the air. She invents enchanted words, buries household items in the yard, and nails one of her father's books to a tree, all in an effort to magically prevent change. Readers gradually begin to sense her immaturity and question her grasp of reality. Constance assures Mary Cat the only change ahead is the start of spring. Then cousin Charles arrives. Charles's father, another brother of Julian's, refused to help the family during Constance's trial. Charles always Charles says as soon as his father died, he came to see how he could assist um, his cousins. Julian and Mary Cat detect Charles ulterior motives, but Constance relishes his attention. <clears throat> Charles moves into father's room and begins taking father's items. He's irritable with Julian and Mary Cat and makes subtle threats, all the while convincing Constance she's done the family a disservice by allowing them to live this way. Mary Cat rearranges his room. She hopes to confuse him by making him think he's in the wrong house. When he threatens her with punishment for doing this, she returns to his room and pushes his lit pipe onto some of his papers. The house catches on fire. Townsfolk come to gawk, and many suggest the fire chief should let the house burn down. Charles repeatedly orders people to drag father's safe full of money from the flames. Villagers begin stealing items and throwing rocks to break the windows. Mary Cat and Constance hide until the blaze is out, and the townspeople have gone. They learn Julian didn't survive the ordeal. The girls barricade themselves in the house and sift through the rubble. Only a few rooms are livable. So they close all other doors permanently. Mary Cat notes how much she'd like to kill everybody. Constance's reply reveals that Mary Cat was the one who poisoned the Blackwood family six years earlier. Constance regrets mentioning it, mentioning it, and it's clear she will never reveal her sister's guilt or mention it again. In the days that follow, several townspeople and Charles come to check on the girls. Mary Cat and Constance won't open the door, nor do they indicate they're inside. Guilt and fear overtake many of the villagers. They begin bringing food and leaving it on the front porch every day. Each As the girls eat the neighbor's food locked in their ha- burned out house, Mary Cat notes how happy they now are. Um, so that is the beginning to end basic plot summary of um, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which was a relatively short read. It was like mm-hmm. five and some change hours on, of an audiobook. So um,
1: I guess we could just jump into how you guys felt about it.
2: I liked
1: it. I liked it. I went through all kinds of emotions through it. So, Ooh, lots the, of emotions. The, I hate those clowns people. <laughs> yeah. And wait a minute. Is there something wrong with Mary Cat? <laughs> and wait a minute. Maybe. Whoa. I don't think she's all there. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's you. something wrong with one of them, and you're not
0: quite sure. Right. Like, yeah. Like, the majority of it. I mean, there's... you
1: know, Uncle Julian's kind of off, but that explains because he's got brain damage from the poisoning. So, yeah. okay. But. After a while, at first you feel I felt really sorry for her, and then I'm like, oh wait, she's not all there. But I still feel sorry for her, and I do understand why she wants them dead, because you know they're horrible, horrible people.
0: Right. Because at the beginning you
1: sort of think Mary Kat is a normal person ish. You know, I wasn't she's... quite sure how old way she was be- throughout some of it because it, it, at some point, like I never got the sense that she was
2: 18. It's interesting because it's in the first line because I had the yeah. same, is, but, I had exactly the same feeling. But, but her. Th- Thought process is yeah, so she stunted. She's stuck like a absolutely year old. Stunted. in Time. She's like in Amber as yeah. the twelve-year-old of yeah. that night, right? Because her, her in, her storytelling makes sense for a twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but certainly not for an eighteen-year-old young lady. Um, yeah and the way she
0: interacts with people and her sister it's like you don't think you're 18 years yeah. old you don't
2: seem like you're 18 years old so but... much mental health and brain health
0: to mm-hmm. unpack in that oh, like yeah.
2: agoraphobia trauma responses right. um, like, I, you is she a think, sociopath kind of think <laughs> oh, she's Mary the cat.
0: responsible one because she has to take care of her sister but this is from her perspective well
2: you start I started to wonder a little bit in because like Maricat is clearly like competing with Charles for her sister's, Constance's attention. Um, attention. And so is Maricat just another like abuser in a way? Right. You know, it was one of well, the ones. Wondering... Well, turns out, uh, yeah. Well, she's a murderer. <laughs> but okay, so I did not get the subtext from the book, uh-huh. but I was working on stuff here late last night so i watched the movie Did i also anybody? watched the there movie. was a movie okay yeah oh, there's okay. a movie it's i got 2018.
0: It. yeah it was pretty good yeah it Ta- has a different ending
2: yeah but i the ending is different but it is it still communicates mm-hmm. all of the like yeah like and essentially every the all of the horror of charles in the right. last moment the the
0: bu- the movie does a really great job like a lot of the um like narration in the um all the lines are pretty much word for word from the book, but mm-hmm. at the very end Charles comes to check on the sisters,
2: uh-huh.
0: like he does in the book, but he actually makes his way into the house, so Mary ends up smashing his head open with a uh, snow globe yeah. and killing oh, him wow, brutally, okay.
1: and then they're happy. <laughs> Splat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: was it was pretty satisfying, because he's very okay. evil. It balances. Yeah, he kind of go- He has it coming. Well,
2: common, but- I was wondering if there wasn't going to be like a... A sharp turn of revelation where because point of view is so important, uh-huh. so mm-hmm. we're so strictly in Maricat's point of view. Like she's telling Charles, like he's fixated on money and material goods, uh-huh. but are we going to get this a twist where he's really there to give a healthy you kind
0: of think he might be actually there to help a little yeah. bit, but then you learn
1: no, he's just well, another no, user. No. no, in the yeah. book. I kind of got I at first it starts like he's right at the very, very beginning. He starts <clears throat> like he's there to help him. And he nah, I that, always
2: felt like but, he was a slime ball, but yeah. <laughs> it,
1: very, very quickly his character as he moves in and takes over. And
2: yeah, but I don't trust Mary Cause it like the revelation that she right. poisoned. Everybody was not, Whoa, Whoa, you've been gruesomely describing to us at every turn, how you would, Murder and poison. Everyone. Everyone except Constance. And you can't
0: figure out why Constance would do that. And you're like, I can't. I don't know why. You never get any hint as to why Constance would murder her family.
1: No, but you get the sense that I I figured she was covering for somebody. I just didn't know it. Because she is such a kind self-sacrificing I person.
2: I mean, the sugar bowl, her immediately washing the sugar bowl was like, oh, that is a point of curiosity. It's yeah, a little suspicious. Um, but I still didn't take that as covering for somebody. Mary, it, like, Constance has such little agency. Uh-huh. I figured there'd be a bigger story yeah. of right somebody from the outside, the villainous right. townspeople, she's, a business she's, dealing gone wrong.
1: Because she's always serving someone. She's either a servant to the uncle or to Mary Cat or to now Charles. Yeah, There's... Uh,
0: some interesting nuance added in the film. Yeah, that's where I was going. Where can
1: that. one see
2: this film?
0: On Netflix. Yes.
2: Okay. Um, Super easy.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> and it's like 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's it was. A good, easy movie to watch. Yep. Um,
2: Tight and concise.
0: What was I gonna say? Um, so, there's some added, like, backstory, which is in the book, but it's not really fleshed out about yes. why the townspeople really hate them. Yes. And it's to do with their father, who was sort of like a miser. Yeah. And the townspeople felt like he wronged them, stole their money, or took advantage of them, and then held himself up. Well, courting,
2: yeah, you know, which
0: how prescient, right? <laughs> you know? um. And then there's an also an added nuance to uh, cousin Charles, and his relationship with Constance is far more romantic in the movie, I, which I think there's like a little. No, tiny I understood. Oh, but no,
2: I, I I understood that Charles was angling to marry. Yeah. Constance. Yeah. Which is something that's unsettling about the movie. Because Shirley Jackson lived from 1916 to 1965 I think. So the movie is set at the same time as the book was released. Like the 60s. But I don't think the story was being told from that point of view. They were telling the story when Upper Crest New Englanders were easily marrying their cousins. Yes. No problem. Mm -hmm. So like... Charles is going to marry her. Yeah. Now, it's Sebastian Stan. Yep. You got it right? <laughs> Not Richard Mann. Yeah. Nope. Sebastian Stan. And he's... They're both equally hot, so... <laughs> She's, like, the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen. Okay. This movie... I'm sorry. I know we're supposed to hear talk about the I book, know. But this you movie... You should watch it, though. I will so be watching it while I... Te- so tonight. Perfectly cask. Yes. Thaisa Farm... Farm... The, Farmiga. Yep. Who is our girl from... First season of American Horror Story, oh, okay. um, Murder House Girl, and then of course surprises prizes, I think like girl. the Witch's story. I think the Witch's the season four maybe of American Horror Story is the last time she's. It seemed I looked her up. She seems to only be in scary things. <laughs> yeah, so it's perfect. Yeah, um, Alexandra, uh, she's so perfect. Did Dario? I'm not entirely she's sure the how to say. It. One, yeah. She's the most beautiful woman I've ever she seen. She was this movie. in White Lotus, which I actually uh-huh. hated, uh-huh. but. Still, the acting in White Lotus was impeccable. She plays a very similar character of the now, though. Mm. She's married to a spoiled, um, very wealthy mm. only child, and they're on their honeymoon. And uh-huh. she has no agency, which is, you know, their, yeah. their vignette's part of the story. But she is gorgeous. Yeah. She is delicate. Yep. She is perfect. Yeah, and it was very well cast.
0: Uncle Julian as... Um, oh, Crispin Glover. Loved it so it much. was he was really good so okay it's just not how
2: i pictured uncle no. julian but as soon but he as was he great. was it was like well duh the age works because yeah. he's probably mind, around 50 uncle julian
1: is like really old, old man. and decrepit
2: it, but if you think about the timing no i know
1: this i don't think the, he, right age i don't think he was that old but like an old man oh, i didn't okay. think of him as an old man but i thought you of him think of him who was way. a who's prematurely aged by illness uh,
2: yeah. yeah 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 it was very good so perfect um, it really made the book come to life But the yes. nuance you have not touched on okay. Is in the movie they, It's so illustrated They don't use any different dialogue mm-hmm. Any different exposition um, uh-huh. um, <laughs> yes. And Maricat yeah. Was d- protecting her sister And herself yeah. From her father And that's what they were fighting about Mm. so there is a because they assign to jim the chief of the
0: Uh firefighters yeah yeah, yeah. they say that
2: he was in love with um constance and that the father denied his his um proposal of marriage and and then the way the scene plays out where constance says to everyone watching oh like you did with the others Mm mm-hmm that it's so, to me, yeah. very clear that there's a suggestion of abuse of whatever kind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the whole scene in the book and in the movie where she's gone to the moon or her hiding place, her, like, happy place. And mm-hmm. she's imagining way back when and her parents talking about how she's the favorite daughter and yeah. we must never punish her. And, yes. and, you, can, and you know that this is... Because she's on the moon. That's yeah. her happy place. She mm-hmm. can make it whatever she wants. Everything is perfect there. Where you know it was the opposite. And right. Constance was the favorite daughter. Yeah. And she was being punished for whatever reason. And she and Constance,
2: I think, even mentions at one point that she was an unruly child. Yeah. So I think that that's still that whole imagining of the parents doting uh-huh. on. Um, Mary Cat. Mary Cat made me feel like it was um, like a wish yeah. you know like mm-hmm. um that she was still but still a bit a uh, petulant child yeah. like this was not the wish of a child who feels remorse for the no. deeds uh, she no. Did. No. oh no, 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 no. <laughs> or had any like redeeming motive yeah like no. the way the movie framed it
0: mm-hmm.
2: at least there's some some kind of redeeming motive
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah not and so then she completely takes care of Sebastian Stan.
0: yep <laughs> um so i have some questions here from a website called inkishkingdoms.com
1: okay that i
0: thought were pretty good um i don't know how i stumbled across them but um the first question is about patriarchy um and how it's portrayed in the book um so I was reading some other review of this book that mentioned how the juxtaposition between men and women in this book and the men in the book with the exception of, uh, uncle Julian are, um, like her father, her uncle, they're all very like, uh, square and, you know, to the point and the women are more, I mean, one of them is, is pretty much a witch, Constance is Mm -hmm. much more maternal and domestic and um, she's following into this sort of line that was set before her of all the other Blackwood women. And there's a lot of talk about the Blackwood women that came before them and stuff like that. Um, Jars and jars. (laughs) Yeah. um, Jars of food. And um, I think the whole point about bringing up the patriarchy is that it was easy enough for Charles to come in and take and over with, the, in. with yeah. the intention of, like, you need help. I am here now. I will help you. Look, I've come to save you. I'm the man. Yeah. And, be- I mean, to be fair, yeah. they did need help. but Yeah. That, but they didn't
1: need him to take over.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they needed the kind of help that I felt like, um,
2: what's his name? Or Mrs. Clark was trying to yeah, give them. Yeah, that's the right yeah. kind of help. But yeah. that's woman to woman. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And also, I mean, she was... Well, that's interesting how she was actually. Cause she's like, oh, you don't have to mingle with the townspeople. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Just stay among your people.
0: <laughs> yeah. I can't, I couldn't remember. Cause at the beginning it mentioned two families that were like not of the town, but they were like the upper crust. Yes. Yeah.
2: And was she one of them? Um, I never sorted that because she kept, Mary kept mentioning the other house in town yeah. that she, they should have righteously had yeah. or rightfully had. Um, and that didn't get fleshed out, actually.
1: No. Well, they talked about it was it didn't belong to them through their mother's inheritance, but because of something...
2: Probably of lo- because yeah. of the man. Because
1: of him, Yeah, because of her father. <laughs> because fa- of the patriarchy. Because of her father, it, it got lost in some legal thing. Right. Um, and I thought it was very audacious that, that that same family was like, huh, just checking out our future property when you're gone. Yeah. Um. <laughs> we already touched a little bit on Charles's um,
0: intentions and how we, you know, you can sort of tell from the beginning, you see right through him, you know what he's, what he's about, which is, Ends up being exactly what he's about because yep. when the house is burning down, he's not concerned about <laughs> they're <anybody> fine
2: <laughs> except for the get the money, the safe. get the yeah. money. Yeah, he's like they had plenty of warning. They're fine. Yeah, like, they're fine. I'm not concerned about them. You haven't laid eyes on residents of the house. Wouldn't that be like an important fire safety? No, that's, that's, and nobody else no, no. cares. <laughs> no, they and don't. then he
0: comes back, and you're like, okay, like maybe he. Well, in the movie, he
2: comes back alone without the yeah. like. Uh, the mob the, the book is so no much without the better. like magazine yeah. uh, man because it just shows him it for i mean it shows him in clear light that yeah. there's no doubt about what he was about yeah and it's so pathetic it's so pathetic yeah like it's just so weak and sad which i i liked better as a better ending yes. like really the author nailed how to wrap yeah. charles up
0: yeah i mean yeah because in the book it's like you know the girls finally know exactly where his intentions lie because they hear exact his whole conversation. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's no questioning is in Constance isn't like, Oh, well maybe, you know, we should give him another chance. She sees,
2: you know, right through it. You hear exactly what his intentions are, which her, um, mm-hmm. the veil mm-hmm. being left lifted for Constance on that just was another way that Mary Cat
0: uh-huh. I think was
2: caring for her mm-hmm. in her very yeah. sick way. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: what were some clues throughout the novel about Mary Cat's behavior and personality <laughs> that show her as deranged? Like, what was your first clue that you're like, something's not right with this I lady? Mean, when I mean, don't she's think she's walking through exactly, to the
1: town. It's, it's
2: walking it's... over their corpses. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't she like describe their faces melting away or yes. something? <laughs> <laughs> something? like that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that doesn't sound too like, good. Like,
2: I mean, I have some vivid imaginings when I'm unhappy or uncomfortable.
1: why but... she went in for a coffee. She knows how much they him. She knew that... She that, said
0: it was because... Of, out of pride. Yeah, out of pride. Them. She needed to show her face because she was... She didn't want to, like, shrink away. And she wanted to be able to say, you know, I deserve to be in this town and to walk around and buy groceries, I guess. Um,
1: I think. Um, <clears throat> and you have the sense that... Um, is it Sally
2: who runs the oh, coffee? The, the coffee. I think Sally. It's
1: not Sally, so but I can't
0: remember her name.
2: But that she... um. Is an ally of sorts. Yes. Uh, not not for sure, but that she's an ally of sorts. She's yeah, like eighty she definitely... percent ally.
1: Well, Stella. Stella. Stella yeah, I know it started with the nest. She's not a hundred percent because she still has to live in a town.
2: Yeah, but she's and, at least nice. Well, because sure. she, she lets nice Jim to... go for a long time yeah. when he's harassing. Exactly,
1: she's she, before she finally says, "Okay, enough, enough." You instead of telling him to go, she just tells, tells Maricat, "You should go." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Can you just
2: stop antagonizing people by existing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, This question I thought was interesting because I never considered. Do you think that Constance is an accomplice of the crime? Or is she just too yes. scared
2: of Mary Cat to
0: take any actions or to run away no. from her? I
2: think that she's totally an accomplice because before the police get there, mm-hmm. like she that they equally it. care to re- to protect each other. Yeah. yeah. Because... Constance knew what was happening immediately she gets up from the table and she washed the sugar bowl yeah she, so, and she says she's always known yeah yeah so I mean by legal definition yes she is an accomplice but I also like why would you be complacent that way like yeah. like I don't know it's just such a deliberate act of cover-up
0: that's the that's the other part of
2: it is like is she scared of Mary Cat?
0: Or does she, like, legitimately care for her as her, like, baby sister wants to take care of her? I
1: feel like she She legitimately cares for her and is taking care of her as a big sister and is an ally to her because they both suffered abuse.
2: She. But I don't know if they both did. Yeah, not Uh, Well, Maybe she did, but... It's hard to say because we don't know what the parents argument was about sure that's always gonna be it's the greatest mystery of my time according to uncle julian yeah of my life perhaps um which uncle julian was a little bit of a throwaway to me until seeing crispin glover <laughs> portray yeah he was great my um, papers
1: why are my papers in the box hey let's put my papers in a box <laughs> hey, wait a minute what where, where did this
0: box come from <laughs> why are my papers in the box yeah. <laughs> i
2: felt
0: so bad for him though because he'd like go in this big like you know exposition and tell you everything that happened and then at the end is like but it really did happen right Constance I
2: know that is okay
0: and you can also totally see where um Charles is coming from it's like why are we letting him be so well why are we dwelling on this like let's move along you know (laughs) like that's one point
1: where I was sort of agreeing with Charles it's like yeah why are we just condoning this
0: Mm -hmm. that this isn't good I don't
1: know that he was ever gonna ever gonna be in a healthy place where he could avoid thinking
2: like that i yeah. think
0: i mean but i don't know if it needs to be encouraged
2: i have i have two things okay. one is the other way that is um substantive that constance is allying or protecting mary cat and uh-huh. being you know perhaps an accomplice <laughs> is that she says she did it yeah yeah she went through the, the entire she, she said she was completely responsible like, the entire yeah. <laughs> inquest. And she. Yeah. So I really think once she understood what. What Maricott had done, she was there for her 100 mm-hmm. um, percent. The second thing is that. Um, it's a grief tool to tell your story. Sure. And part of telling your story is that's how your brain learns that it's real. Yeah. So, like, the fact that Charles um, wanted him to stop, even though to everybody else it's uncomfortable, like, that is the healthiest thing that Julian could could do, do. is to keep telling his story. As much, I mean, who knows how much diminished capacity he, like, truly had because of the injury from being poisoned. Um, Yeah. So, who
1: all was poisoned? I know the mother, the father, but... My at brother, some point
2: a little brother and i think there was I thought, one I more Co- sister thought, no, no no i
1: thought constance was either married or engaged or something that there was someone there for constance that also died
0: no mm-hmm. the, no uh, julian's wife and then mary cat and julian's wife, constance's yeah. bro- younger brother and their parents thomas
1: okay so four people and she i mean she tried to kill all of them except, except constance. constance yeah cuz she knew constance didn't take, take sugar, sugar. yeah, yeah. And she was in her room so she knew she would not have access to the sugar.
0: Yep. Yeah. And at the end of the novel Mary Kate gets exactly what she wants the whole time. It's just to live alone and not be bothered yeah. with her sister. And that's the end. And you know?
1: food. I feel so sorry yeah. for her sister. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: You feel terrible for Constance throughout the book for a yeah. lot of different reasons. Yeah. the beginning you feel bad because you're like Oh, well, this poor person is so agoraphobic, and uh, yeah. she can't leave the house. And then, oh, I feel bad for her because she's being manipulated by this man. And and then you feel bad at the end because she's a prisoner of her sister and can't do anything, you know. But she's—I think she's totally at off her rocker at the end.
2: No, at the end, I think she has the most like agency. I think she's totally gone at the end. Broken. I think Completely she's broken. just like,
0: yep. This this is my life now. She's not going <laughs> to try to do anything different. She's like, okay, I guess this, you know. I think she's totally crazy by the end of it. Okay,
2: so this is like the Wild Toad ride, Mr. Toad's Uh Wild Ride. So at first, it's a little bit arsenic and Old Lace, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And it has the crazy uncle and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, Then it's I see dead people Uh because (laughs) the uncle looking right at Charles and saying... Um, she's been dead this whole time. Like, at that point, I was like, "Wait a minute, rewind!" And I was like, no, 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 she's she not actually dead. She went to the village and bought People things. Saw her. Yeah.
0: And you know how sometimes that
1: happens? You're like, "Wait, she was yeah, dead the whole yeah. time." I fell for it for two seconds. Yep, I did too because I'm like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> They're dead and they're ghosts. Yeah. Well, and then it's a I haunted was, house that's because the that's the that. why the yeah, kids that go. Too. And, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, they even have the, the little kid going up to the door of, of the haunted house.
0: Yeah. And the, the, the nursery
2: rhymes about the it, nursery and you're rhymes. like, maybe
0: They are dead. Um, I was going to say
2: it has like a tone of The Skeleton Key, which is a kind of obscure horror movie. But actually, I watched a second movie last night, uh-huh. which is on Hulu. In 2020, they came out with a. Um, Biography movie of Shirley Jackson, Oh starring Elizabeth Moss, Ooh. who is I think one of the greatest actresses of our time, um, and it's amazing. What is it called? Shirley. Nice. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay. Uh, and that had a little bit of the skeleton key situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Grey Gardens. It's. I mean, so it's Grey a little Gardens. Grey Gardens, but then it's because re- but so she keeps it clean. She keeps always keeps it clean, which Grey Gardens did. I mean, not. at the end half the house is unusable yeah. but yeah uh
0: but it's clean yeah no I love Great Gardens so I was like waiting for that sort of motif to come into play because yeah by by the description of the novel before I had read it I was like this sounds a lot like a Great Gardens <laughs> kind of deal but um, um
2: yeah it's so good it, it it this
0: I really enjoyed this novel. yeah uh, um it seems like the kind of book I would reread yeah. a couple of times because yeah. it's short
1: and it it was just Kind it went by pretty quickly. There's parts I think I would like to revisit. yeah well
2: I I completely missed that um our girl Marikat caused the fire. Yeah. I think what I actually know from when she starts talking about the eye color that I was leaving work, so I think it might have like autoplayed a little bit while I was at work, yeah. <laughs> And I just missed that bit where she's in the room and then knocks the, the pipe, pipe into the into the trash can. And, and by um,
1: knocks? We mean she meant to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, There's, in the movie, it's like, blatant. Yeah, I think she oh, lights. No, I'm pretty. I'm <laughs> pretty yeah, sure in the maybe. book it's blatant to It's the oops. But well, I didn't. Wow. I didn't hear that,
2: and so oh. I thought maybe it was like, oh, see, Charles, you're so great and helpful. Yeah. I mean, he did leave his pipe smoldering, <laughs> and he was. Yeah. I love the clues
0: that she gives you about how about his character and how completely useless he is because he can't fix the back step.
2: Nope. And they're like, "Yeah,
0: that would be great." He's like, "I don't know what I'm doing." <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll be a handyman for you. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah, wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, or here, just put your money in my wallet. I'll go. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> or like, even that guy, like, I, they wouldn't pay me. Well, it's because you didn't fix
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to pay right. someone. Amazing. Um, Back amazing. to the patriarchy. So much has violated, been perpetrated against women because it's his story against her story. Yep. Right. And... Yep. Who inevitably gets? Uh... Because look, look, look at the people, the
1: townspeople that actually took action and went in. You didn't see women, you didn't hear about women going in and stealing stuff. It was the men of the town that came in and damaged. I think they women were there. The women were there and cheering them on, and were outside, but I didn't hear about women going actually into mm-hmm. the house. They were part of the crowd, but yeah, I, I, I only know. heard about the men going well, in. There,
2: there's a, a really good line under the
1: guise of being f- under the guise of being firemen
2: when she walked no they were firemen. no No. well because the chief takes his hat off because i just had to re-listen to this he says
0: we're firemen and then he takes his hat off and then he throws a rock through the window because i'm okay i'm not a fireman now are there more questions
2: yes okay um carry on okay (laughs) because i have something i want to like connect from her other writings
0: okay um do you think that mary cap is a witch yes um, what is the relation... I think she's a
2: bloodline witch, though. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, what is the relation that you can find between being a witch and feminism in this novel?
1: I oh. didn't see her as a witch. I just saw her as a mentally troubled person.
0: Well, at the end... which
1: is the, not, the not what a like, witch is.
0: Hey, don't go over there. Witches live over there, you know. Well, I she knows, but that's the just... That. But she does... She's actively she, doing magic that she can believe, like she believes is going to work.
1: I I know in her brain she does these things, but I don't actually think that they are real magic. But that's me because I don't necessarily believe in that. But I do believe that um, oftentimes people in the town label women. Here's a patriarch thing: they label women who are difficult or who do not follow the social
2: norms as witches.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, but Mary like, is actively
2: yeah she's like i have my magic words yeah i but i took that as like what a child does sometimes what is the opposite i don't was this in the book what is the opposite of a oh a spell that works or something yeah and she's then she comes up with like it's a curse yeah
0: the opposite Um, of a spell is a curse or something like that. yeah
2: um i don't remember that being in the book but it was so well done in the movie
0: I sort of conflate the two at some yeah, points they're... because I finished the book and watched the movie that same day. Also
2: it's um really wonderful when you get the treat of a movie that is, holds its so, source materials. So yeah. they
0: In change... such
2: honor, you know, right. like
0: right. all well, they did was
2: streamline the storytelling.
0: Um, if you have doubts about the previous question about her being a witch, um, what, role, for you, Karen. what role does Jonas play in this novel?
1: Oh. Okay, which one's Jonas?
0: He's the cat. the cat. It's her
2: familiar. It's her familiar.
0: Well, yeah, there is she that. She does speak to him yeah.
1: and through Wait, him. Can we all talk to our cats?
0: Sure, but she sees Jonas as like a real person.
1: She
2: listens to him. Because she's yeah. crazy. Oh, or, Karen. Or Karen. Karen hmm should we assign that word to this young lady she definitely she's not crazy she had mental issues from
1: um, stemming from issues she created i feel okay how i see it is she she because of the trauma of what happened to her as a child she has created this world of escape to escape to Mm -hmm. of which her cat is an integral part i feel like having been someone who had a hideaway place to go to when things were scary, I think of her clubhouse retreat, her, her little hideaway place as her safe place when to escape from danger. Yeah. So I didn't see that as a, as witchcraft. I saw that as I mean it could be a both. mental place it could be both. it totally and so you could be both
2: see that comfort building as also relying on the cat as opposed to you could see the cat and their relationship as like a familiar.
1: I like can, see, can see. I, I can see it both ways yeah, now, yeah.
2: but I don't think her like um, happy place of the moon and her safe place of the physical mess that she had. That those are those are like comfort, child child seeking comfort mm-hmm. because she is definitely like stagnant at twelve years old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other things, like you could also turn those into conventional. Um, like syndromes like they're uh-huh. a little bit of a compulsive display of behavior so sure or they're magic you know bearing silver coins which is t- like this is some symbolism that um that might have been very deliberately mm-hmm. used by Shirley Jackson of like
1: and how would a 12 year old know these
2: I guess because she's, she's an, avid reader. an she's, avid reader she has a, a magic book like That's she true. has books That's of spells true. that she has taken the, from the library
1: the other
0: thing about it is that Witchcraft doesn't necessarily mean magic. Yeah. So she could be practicing that's witchcraft absolutely right. even if her magic isn't technically some magic. metaphorical, yeah. you know, magic thing. Yeah. You know, she's doing these protections and these mantras and these, you know, all of these different things that she finds comfort in and, and is helping her, <sighs> you know, regardless of whether or not it's actually like a metaphysical magic
2: kind of thing. Yeah. That's it's a still really witchcraft.
0: Good point. Okay technically. I mean, it could be, that's why I'm thinking it could be both things.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's so artfully done. It, it's point of view. is so important in this,
1: uh-huh. like, interpretation.
2: Really um, well, because
1: I think I think her way of uh, practicing witchcraft is not the, in the same view that the villagers think of her as a little witch. She no, not at all. No.
2: You're right. Like, both both the, the positive side of um how a witch you know um crafts her world mm-hmm. and the angry i'm calling you this as a the angry villagers yeah. literally they were literally. the trope
1: of the angry villagers yes. yeah. okay
2: so yeah did anybody pause and like read or listen to the lottery after Mm-hmm. which I read in high school and there's a movie about there's a movie. I think it's a, I think it's a 1996 movie, but I didn't look at it very carefully because I also came across a movie short. Um, so the lottery is something that if you have an experience, you should just read, but it is basically about like mob mentality mm-hmm. and how a mob just without any clear reason to an outside observer does can do the most heinous, horrifying things, yeah. like crash down someone's home. Yeah, <laughs> and Shirley Jackson just illustrates that so beautifully in this this book. But the lottery is what she's like most famous for, and I I'm a little jealous that you guys are if you go looking for it haven't read it before because. Uh-huh it's wonderful to come into it not knowing exactly what it is. Which is why I'm right now talking about it as vaguely as I can. Okay. Uh, Because while I was listening to it today, I found like a 15 minute reading of it on Mm -hmm. YouTube. Uh Um, 17 minutes and 18 seconds actually. But I'm like, I know where this is going. Yeah. Man. Well,
0: I'll
2: have to listen to it. Uh, But Shirley Jackson, just she (laughs) nails... Like, especially in the way she talks about the um, the villagers that um, Mary Cat can, like, see and fixate on their faces. Yeah. Like, the strongest, worst, distinctive villains. Mm-hmm. And then how the rest of them just have these gray, shapeless like a blur. faces. Yeah. 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 yeah that's um, true. And how they're just, like, a mush of negativity to her.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think of like, the people at the grocery store are just, like, these vague, like you said, mushes. They're not... They're Like I know. Whereas the the worst
2: bullies Oh they blaze clear and bright.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um
0: so if Mary Kat's symbol of female empowerment is her um magic or her Mm -hmm. witchcraft or whatever you want to call it, um what is Constance's symbol of female empowerment? Oh domesticity and nurture. Mm -hmm. Food.
1: Food is precious to her. Food. Yeah. And food is a being able to provide food is kind of like the, the secret power of the family. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not something that it's, it's something held sacred by the women of the family passed down from generation to generation Uh that they even, that's so special that they have jars from female ancestors that they've never opened and they would never open because it's like precious treasure.
2: I don't think this one was in the book, but I think this is how the movie illustrated that. She wants, um, she wants Mary Kat to go and buy rhubarb and Mary Cat has a tantrum because she's like, I don't like rhubarb uh-huh. and Constance says, but it looks so pretty on the shelf. Yeah. No, so it's like, in maybe... the book. Okay. That, okay. It, it's in bold. Yeah, I remember yeah. it in the book. That is the prettiest didn't on the It stick shelves, out to It's me. the prettiest color yeah. on the shelves. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's just Constance talking about more food.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, how does Mary Cat and Constance, or how do Mary Cat and Constance oppose the patriarchy? Um, what do they value the most? Oh, they value each other the most. Yeah, Probably I think sisterhood same. is like yeah. mm-hmm. the biggest, like theme of the of the book for
2: better or worse. Well, for worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, even is it-, it for worse because depending on what. Because it's never told. It's just insinuating whatever wrong happened to Mary Kat that Uh she would try to poison her whole family except her sister. um, That she gets what she wants. Yeah. She gets a world alone with with Constance. With with Constance. Where she has to... We haven't talked about how she is constantly telling herself, I'll be nicer to Uncle Julian. Yeah. That's like her her only only guilt admonition. Yeah. I need to try and be nicer. (laughs) I'll definitely be
1: nicer after Charles. I mean... I don't ever see her being mean to him.
2: It's uncle Julian. Yeah. uh, She did poison him with arsenic one that one time. Maybe she learned a little bit like, uh,
1: uh, maybe I regret that. The past past is the past. Do you
0: think uh, Julian knows or do you think he ever suspected? Uh. Because he says he's trying to figure it out. It's like the great mystery, right? It's like, how did it happen? Because he says Constance is acquitted but he
2: also knows that Constance knows how to poison people. You know. Yeah, he, but he speaks to her like, why would she do it in such a pedantic way? Right. Like, there's so she has so much.
0: But great he loves to knowledge. tell people
2: like she could do it, but she got acquitted for murder, so she didn't. We, you know, we oh, can't believe Maybe blame that's her. her. Maybe maybe that is his. Maybe some part of his brain does know because maybe he's antagonizing well, America I got, a little bit by I got, I being mean the, sense, to the I
1: got the sense that there's this game that they like to play when certain looky loos nosy people yeah. come in. They have like when they left that's why they had the good laugh, like Ha, we did we got them again.
0: Yeah, we scared <laughs> those them people.
1: Off. But I get the sense that there are some sympathetic souls in the village that are not like the mob. Yeah. And I feel like that they're with, where their,
2: do you get the sense of that? There's
1: a, oh, few. Oh, there's the people who do,
2: there's like four people who care about the four family.
1: people yeah. that care about the hey, family. They visit, they visit and they, and to <sighs> the point that it's like my husband, she, that woman w- would not let her husband stop. He, he, she made him go over and over again to check on them. Why she couldn't feel comfortable to do it herself. I don't know but um, but i feel like with that iso- that intense isolation they don't get a bigger sense they don't they're robbed of community
2: uh-huh. even if it's
1: a small community they're robbed of any kind of connection and sub- community
2: support well so that's something an abuser does is isolate you yeah mm-hmm. which is where i'm like oh mary cat is an... just another abuser but yeah. w- i mean she wants the best for her sister and the only way she knows how to give but that to her is to it's
1: not uncommon for to, to think they're
2: doing the best. But she doesn't That's want true. Yeah. to also her...
1: abuse.
0: She doesn't want the best for her sister for her sister's sake, I don't think. She wants I think a... she's afraid of herself. her sister leaving. And yeah. that was part of the point yeah. of when yeah. she was supposed to be in, you know, engaged to this guy from town. Is that I think that part of the reason why she did what she did is because she was afraid somebody was going to take Constance from her. And she didn't want that to happen. So she would do whatever she could to keep that from happening. And at the end of the novel, when it's just the two of them together, you're right in that she is just another one of Constance's abusers. You know, if it wasn't her parents, it could have been anybody because Constance didn't seem like she had a whole lot of, uh, you know, self, uh, whatever the word is I'm trying to think of. But I think yeah. that by the end, Mary Cat got exactly what she wanted, but not for her sister's benefit, for her own. Yeah. Um how is power transferred in the novel and what item what is the item that depicts the dynamic the dynamic of power between Mary Cat and Charles So Charles comes in and tries to take the power from Oh this, it's the
2: watch. Yeah. yeah. Her, father's her father's watch and signet ring.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> um Charles comes in and tries to save the day and fix everything not because he's a nice person, but because he wants to benefit from it. Yeah. And, um, he's just oozing into the role of a family patriarch. Yeah. And Mary Cat sees right through it. Even if Constance can't or won't, you know, doesn't want to. Cause I think Constance at some point when, um, Charles is there and, you know, and influencing her, she legitimately believes like, Oh, I'm, I, it's all my fault she says that so often mm-hmm. it's like it's all my fault that it's like this it's it's my fault it is the way that it is when i don't think it actually is you know
1: no no i every time she said that that's this it it just resonated so much it's the same kind of thing that an abused woman who stays with her abuser says well, you don't understand it's the same kind of it's my fault he gets so angry it's my fault that it's yeah. this way look at what it's, you made me do i mean they take it it's a way of stopping a tense conversation by just saying it's my fault yeah so, to stop the to stop the conversation just to to just take the blame to be done with it to be done yeah so yeah. it's that's how i took it is she was taking that up because so much has happened that she took the burden of it's become her second nature for her it's just her Amen. habit her way to autumn her default to take the burden
0: yeah, it's a role that she falls into relatively easily because I think that's just her way of coping with it. Um, that is the end of my list of questions for this book. So, is there any other points that we didn't touch on that you want to delve into a little bit more, or um, any other last thoughts about it?
2: I I mean I pre- I enjoyed it. Do you think I'm just because li- I'm listening to you guys talk about Mary Cat, and uh-huh. like by the end of the m- book, I felt like kind of softened towards Mary Cat. It sounds like you guys view her even more Worse. villainous.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I feel for her as a child, a literal child. I mean, not really because she's 18, but is
2: but she? She's, yeah. But I feel she's her as, in capacity. Right.
0: As being able to deal with whatever she's going through at 12 years old, basically, you know, that mm-hmm. she has to cope with all this. And she's also like the, at the beginning of the novel she's portrayed as like the responsible one. She has to go to town. She has to take care of her sister. So at the beginning I'm soft towards her and I'm like, oh, I feel bad. Her sister needs her help. She's young. She has to care for her. And, but by the end I'm like, I think she knows exactly what she's doing and mm-hmm. why she
2: did it, and has no remorse for doing so. I don't yeah, think no. she has any remorse at oh, all. She, no, she, I mean the closest we get to seeing her have remorse is I definitely at the by the end of the book, and they end up living that way. That it's just Mary Cat being like, see, yeah, this is how it was going to end up. I don't know if I see her as a villain, but I
0: definitely don't feel bad for her. I feel bad for Constance. Mm. Yeah, I
2: like that it all worked out and I get dinner served. Everything. Yeah i mean yeah but how long will that really last before I, they sustainability of shemate ability yeah what? i mean the townspeople feel they they've bring them really messed it up their house yeah like, yeah they have, like
1: three rooms I, to live in yeah i kind of hope the guilt
2: stays with them for quite so, a while because it's sort of pointed to that that like when the little boys come in and, and howl at their house that granted it's only been five months because that the timeline is shown to us mm-hmm. but um uh, that it's going to become, like, offerings to the... the, uh... She says at the end, do you
0: think we could eat a kid? Yeah. And Constance is like, I don't know if I could cook one, you know? But I think that they're, like, sort of falling into their roles of, like, well, maybe we are two witches that live at the end of the lane at the scary house. Like, I guess that's who we are now. Uh I remember as a kid, there was a house across the street um, that was, like, big, and it was scary, and it was, like decrepit looking and it had a big hole in the side of it it was just run down Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but like a witch lived there you know i'm sure a witch (laughs) lived there i don't know if anybody actually lived there but that was the scary witch's house so that's sort of how i picture it it's like oh that's
2: the scary witch's house when in my head i'm like when are the authorities really gonna come in Mm -hmm. and like condemn this house if the castle yeah and take these women out of this place because it's condemned (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean half of it's gone half
1: the roof is gone yeah and it's I, I figure okay mm-hmm. we're just going to be stopping this place while the weather's still good but when the weather changes It's New England. Isn't <laughs> it is New England. glad we
2: don't know what happens, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's getting colder though because if it's 5 months on and this story started in in spring. Yeah. Yeah, it's moving toward colder That's weather. That's fun. Okay, you guys have got to watch Shirley. It okay. Was amazing and it's she's right the she's writing a book while um, the story of this movie is unfolding uh-huh. and I got to read the next book. Like this was a very good, I'm Kate definitely really interested
0: direct. in reading more. Yeah.
2: Shirley so Jackson. I'm going to read hangs
0: a man uh-huh. next. Um, I saw that as recommended for like, you finish this,
2: you should read this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be my next Shirley Jackson. I might, I, I so enjoyed haunting a pill house. I don't know if I'll read that one, but her books are so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to be
0: introduced to a author that you didn't know a lot about and to enjoy it enough to be like, oh, I want to read more of this, you know, and for something that's like a classic that has, I mean, she wrote this in the 60s or Mm -hmm. it was released in the 60s. It's like, that was a long time before I found out like, oh, this is a, you know, it's fun to go back and find a new thing that you're interested in. So, yep.
2: It's always been there.
0: Yep. (laughs) Well, anything else you guys have read recently that you've enjoyed? Any other recommendations?
2: I didn't read anything else. Uh, I I never read anything else. I always opt out of this section. This is very short,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I could have, but,
2: you know, I didn't. I spent a lot of time with one series, Mm -hmm. which I didn't know was a series. I mentioned it last time, I think. Um, Practical Magic by Alice Hoffman is a four-book arc. I decided to read it in the order she wrote it. Oh, I remember. So the mentioning first this. book is Practical Magic, um, released in nineteen ninety-five. The next book is The Rules of Magic. Um, so Practical Magic tells the story of Sally and Jillian Owens, and it was a movie starring Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Um, and they're orphaned young and they're raised by their two witchy aunts in um, in it's not they're not in Salem, but they're just outside of Salem. Mm-hmm. Um And it's just this beautiful, heart-rending story of, like, how are, you grow up to be this person you think you need to be, and all these life tragedies happen along the way, and intense love, unconditional love, no matter what heartache and horror your, you know, beloved family member brings you, standing by them, and, oh, it's so good! And then the next one is a story of the ants when they're young, set in the 1950s and 60s, to write up all the way until it meets up with the first book and, mm-hmm. and the girls are orphaned. The next book is a pre-prequel to like the primogenitor um Owen's woman who came from Essex, the first Essex County in England. So that's set in the 1680s and 90s. And then um the fourth book comes all the way back around <laughs> to the two youngest Owen sisters. Who, from the first book, and they're in their 20s, starting out in their love lives. And the thing that the h- books all revolve around is that Maria Owens, the first Owens woman in the US, um, cursed the family in love. And mm-hmm. um, and then it just all four of those books circle around mm. <laughs> the curse of, of the Owens family. It's so much magic, so much like witch f- folklore, and so much like Family and complexity of families and complexity of love. Mm -hmm. I I was overwhelmed by it. So good, nice, so good. And that's it. I mean, I think it was like fifty hours of audiobook. That's a lot. That's all. That's all. That's all. (laughs) all. I listened to five hours of audiobook this month. (laughs) Oh, and then I did this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I was grateful for being short because I didn't want to interrupt my like spell of the Owens family. Did
1: I talk about the Sundown Motel last time? Uh, it doesn't sound okay so the sundown motel by simone st james and um it's about this girl who takes us she's in she's got this super stressful time in college and she just takes a break um and goes off to find out the mystery of whatever happened to her aunt who she never knew but but her mother had talked about briefly but then something happened they never talked about her ever again she just sort of mysteriously disappeared and she ends up taking this job at the same place where her aunt was and there's there's mystery and there's supernatural and there's ghosts because the sundown motel is haunted (laughs) but you find out why and what the ghost is trying to tell someone who anyone who will listen by making all the si- all the lights and the signs go off and everything, it, and doors slamming and opening on it and chill and so many people have died at this place and they're all haunting, including a little boy who died in the pool. Um, huh? and, he, and he keeps going, can we play? <laughs> <laughs> creepy. Um, yeah, there's a perfect amount of creepy. Um, <laughs> I also read The Final Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix, which is really, really good about, you know, it, the, this group of final girls. Oh, I think you've talked about that. I, the, I was going to, yeah. And mm-hmm. I re- went ahead and read it and I uh, just finished it last week and it was really, really good. It's, it has these twists about, who you know, the the, the main person you, you realize wasn't really a final girl because final girls fi- fight back and this one didn't really fight back. Oh, so, <laughs> But then her time to be a final girl comes in. Anyway, final destination. It's always coming for you. She, she becomes the final, final girl. <laughs> anyway, there's, there's a lot of, you know, the, it, it brings up, you know, about the, the type of people that w- women that follow create, you know, the psycho, the psycho murderers in, in, in prison and oh, beca- want to do terrifying. their will Yeah. Um, and then I just today just finished her, her last breath. So her last breath is this girl is running in the park and they find her body. She she's like young and supposedly she had an un un, previously unknown heart condition. Right. But then she some the, the at the right after the funeral, her sister, who's kind of been estranged from her and her father because of stuff that happened in their youth. But she is still involved with her, her married, you know, her sisters and her sister's married family. Anyway, she gets a text message from her sister who a week later after her death, not a text, but like a, like an email with attachments and everything. And so she tries to find out and realize, and her sister says, if you get this, I'm already dead. And I didn't, it wasn't an accident. And Theo killed me. And Theo killed me because he killed, like he killed his first wife and nobody oh, knew we no. had a first wife. But you, anyway, you go along and you find out dun, dun, dun. he has no memory of whatever happened. He only was told that he killed well, his first much away. wife, but he, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> and you don't know. I do, but I won't tell. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's really, really, really good called her last breath. And it's a good audio too. So cool. So I didn't even total up the hours. I have started Cloud Cuckoo Land, um, but I took a break of that so I could finish these other, work on these other books. Well, that, so, those anyway. all
2: sound good. The last breath sounds really interesting.
1: That's a really good one. I had That was one of those that was like free, it'd be first month reads where you get it free, and then I went ahead and downloaded the um, audio, paid for the audio book, or mm-hmm. used my credit for the audio book, and... That was really... I definitely recommend that one.
0: Cool. Um, and gets to pick our next book. So what are we going to
2: read? We are going to read The Maidens by Alex Michalides. Okay. Um, he previously... Um, his first book was The, the Silent Patient. Oh. Did, did you either of you read that? Yes. I, I loved it. I don't know what that amazing. What's his name? Um, Alex it's like it's michael ladies so m-i-c-h-a-e-l-i-d-e-s um and actually i picked this just on the strength of his previous book Uh and other people who read this who said it, it was amazing um who also liked his first book edward fosca is a murderer of this mariana is certain but fosca is untouchable a handsome and charismatic greek tragedy professor at cambridge university Fosca is adored by staff and students alike, particularly by the the members of a secret society of female students known as the Maidens. Mariana Andros is a brilliant but troubled group therapist who becomes fixated on the Maidens when one member, a friend of Mariana's niece, Zoe, is found murdered in Cambridge. Mariana who was once herself a student at the university, quickly suspects that behind the idyllic beauty of the spires and turrets and beneath the ancient traditions lies something sinister. And she becomes convinced that despite her alibi, Edward Fosca is guilty of the murder. But why would the professor target one of his students? And why does he keep returning to the rites of Persephone, the maiden and her journey to the underworld? When another body is found, Mariana's obsession with proving Fosca's guilt spirals out of control, threatening to destroy her credibility as well as her closest relationships. But Mariana is determined to stop this killer, even if it costs her everything, including her own life. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds exciting. It's a it's a medium-length book. It's like nine hours and something on nice. uh, uh, Audible. Nine hours and 19 minutes. Um, the silent patient was an amazing book so Mm. I have very high hopes for this one it's coming it's coming across reviewed pretty well um four out of five stars basically the average okay so uh is it a new book or it's new it came out a couple months ago okay um I want to say released in September oh no uh released in June okay so um not brand brand spanking new but pretty new cool new for 2021 yeah
0: All right. Well, we will get to reading that then. Um, and we will see y'all in the next episode where we will talk about it. So um, I hope you have um, a great, you know, month or whatever. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Knit, 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 knit. Yep. Crochet, crochet. So, so, so. And read, I guess. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. That too. <laughs>